0: I want to give you what the Lord gave me while we worship, but I love it the way our praise team's able to bring the anointing in. And, you know, I like Dr. Barclay's definition of what the anointing is. It's so real to me. Dr. Barclay teaches in our Bible school. And Bible school starts. Is it going to start Monday or a week from Monday? It's going to start a week from Monday. But Dr. Barclay teaches that the anointing means the presence of Jesus. And you stop to think about it. That's what the anointing is, is the presence of Jesus. And in our service, when they lead us into worship, and I'm up here worshiping Jesus, so many times when his presence begins to come in, I begin to hear the Master speak to my heart, things to speak to you, to add to what I've already got that I'm already going to speak. And he gave me a really good example, as we were worshiping tonight, that I really like. A couple things. A couple months ago he had me say something. I'll say this again: Our church is like a one-room schoolhouse. Mrs. Pastor actually went to a one-room schoolhouse in, in Maine when she was a girl, way out in the woods in Maine. but they have two grade levels in there? They were little kids all the way up to high school. There's all in one one room in a schoolhouse. And so a teacher has to be pretty sharp. To help people from all that age range from little kindergartens all up to high school, people learn stuff. They have to be sharp. A pastor, and I'm saying this for the older, mature Christians in the service tonight. A pastor has to realize that when he's teaching people in the church tonight, something he's taught dozens of times in that church, like what I'm going to teach now, I've taught dozens of times. I've got some people in here who have never heard this one time yet. I've got other people maybe have been here for a long time. They might have been in the nursery or children's church or somewhere else every time. And some of you may have heard this a dozen times. And you're thinking, well, I know all that. Well, I'm so glad you're in high school now. You're not in kindergarten anymore. But some of the other ones haven't heard it yet. And then as I teach what I teach, some of you are definitely going to get something out of it you never heard before. Because every time I teach something, it comes out different. I get different examples. Now the opening introduction I'm going to give tonight, he gave me up here while we were worshiping, so I know I've never given you this one before. And so I'm going to teach you tonight how you can have faith yourself for healing from God, don't have to depend on the preacher or somebody else's faith. And so here's what the Lord gave me. It's so simple, but I see it it's so real to me. How many of you have heard the story before about taking the gospel to somebody, you can give them a fish for a day and pray for them, Or you teach them how to fish where they know how to feed themselves every day. Well, the Lord told me the same way with healing. I could have a healing line and I have a healing anointing. I could call you up here and pray for you and I can get you healed today. Or I could teach you how to leave here and be able to pray for yourself and other people and teach them how to fish for themselves and teach you how to fish for yourself no matter where you are any place, any time, what I teach tonight will work for you and work for anybody because it's the Bible. And so I don't want to just have you think, well, i got to get to church to get healed. Always think that because we want you to come to church to get healed if you need it. But I want you to start thinking on a different level that I learned from the Bible how to receive healing myself. And so I'm going to do what Jesus said to do in the Bible, and I'll receive healing for myself. And then the good news about that is we all have Christian friends that don't go to a church like that. I want to tell you, I personally love every Christian pastor there is. I love pastors, but I know that we all have not been taught the same things. I was raised under strong word of faith, things like I teach, but other pastors weren't. And so they teach to the level of their ability and so I don't at all knock other pastors. But I want to say this. God is much bigger than one church. He's in the Baptist churches that preach Jesus. He's in the Catholic churches that preach Jesus. He's in whatever the name is above the door there. If they're a church that preaches Jesus Christ died for your sins, you've got to receive Jesus in your heart to be saved. They're a Jesus church. And the Christians that go to those churches that have received Jesus love the same Jesus we do and so it's not right just because their pastor may not know some of the things you know that Christians in churches like that should stay sick and we don't condemn them because they don't know because that's called ignorance and God said my people destroyed for lack of knowledge but the thing is we as believers can minister to other believers what you know without telling them that they go to a bad dumb church you understand what I'm saying? So many Christians that sit in a church like this, they get what they got, want to condemn other people that don't have it so strong of what you've got. And so we, we can teach other people and other churches how to be healed without telling them they need to leave the church. Amen. Amen. He wants them well. The Baptist churches need to have strong believers to hold up the hands of the pastors and the leaders of the church so the Baptists can do what God called them to do. The Catholics need to have healed Catholics to hold up the hands of their preachers and the people in there so they can do their job. And Methodists and Nazarenes and Apostolics and Folk Gospels and whatever else the title is, churches that have a God pastor and a God call need to have healed believers. And so why shouldn't you be able to teach what you've got to other people without telling them they go to a dumb church. But help them. and Just tell them, man, you be faithful in your church. You love your pastor. You love your leadership. And if you don't like what they're doing or what they're saying, pray for them. Don't condemn them. But the thing is, you can be healed and you can be healthy because God wants you well. So that's what we want to do. We want to teach you how to fish. And then when you know how to fish... You can teach other people how to fish, but the main thing is you'll be healthy enough to go fishing. And that's what God wants. And so remember, again, everybody in here is at a different level. And I will guarantee you there's going to be some here who have never heard these lessons taught before I'm going to teach tonight. And there's going to be some of you who are going to hear it, and then you're going to say to yourself, Wow, I never heard that before. And then on the inside, when I'm preaching, I'm going to be thinking, Wow, I never heard that before. Thank you, Jesus. That was so good. I want to look that up again when I get home. And so I have the bookstore, some books, Keys to Scriptural Healing. Keys to Scriptural Healing. As far as I'm concerned, Brother Hagin was the best Bible teacher on healing and faith I ever heard. He's the one that influenced me and taught me. I'll never lift any man up above Jesus. I'll never lift any book up above the Bible but well, I'll tell you what, this man knew Jesus and he knew the Bible and he really influenced me at the area of faith and healing. I'll tell you what, anything he's we got in our bookstore you need to get to help you. And then uh, God's medicine. God's medicine, have it in Spanish, have it in English. God's medicine, simple little book. I think it's up to a dollar and a half now, but things went up as fifty cents when I started buying them thirty-five years ago. But anyway, God's medicine simple little bite-sized nuggets of the Word of God that teach you specific healing scriptures so you can start putting some scriptures into your faith arsenal that you have in your spirit. But this story here is one of my favorite simple little faith stories in the whole Bible for teaching healing. I want to read verse 25 and verse 26. And it says this, And there was a certain woman... And I'll, I'll tell you something else. I, you know, as a Bible teacher, can't help but throw nuggets out when I when I teach them. Mark chapter five. What book are you in? Well, that that takes care of you making fun of me a while ago. Ha ha ha! Harvest. <laughs> Mock the man of God. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) We're not at home. I can't joke too much. Sorry, sorry, sorry. We have fun. We work together 24-7 and have for over three decades. I'm her boss, but she's my boss. (laughs) I'm her pastor, but she pastors me. We work together, and she knows who the leader is. But we have fun like this all day long. Believe it or not, at home we do this all day, all the time. Have so much fun. But anyway... Mark chapter 5, verse 25. At a certain woman, and when it says a certain woman, some of the stories that Jesus told were parables. They were make-believe stories to help you understand spiritual things. He would tell tell natural stories to get across spiritual truth to you. Those were parables. And then a lot of the stories are true stories. Where we could say something like, uh, today, if we were writing about our church or reading, but reading the history of our church, we'd have on our blog. There was a certain man that had a dad that ended up with throat cancer. And his throat started hurting. And he started standing on God's word that he heard taught in his church. And this man suffered for this thing for three weeks. And this man was in faith and has his pastor pray for him and for all in the name of the Lord. And the pastor prayed the prayer of faith, he went to the specialist, and the specialist gave him a very favorable diagnosis that Jesus had already been working in his throat, and he was healed. Well, see, that's not just a make-believe story. Hey, guys, you know what? I will to tell you what. If somebody ever got throat problems, then it's possible that here's what could happen. Well, I just made that up that that's, that's, it could happen, but I just didn't tell you about a real story. The real story is there was a man, a certain man, in this church, and he got healed. And there was another certain man that worked at Vons. He'd been sharing the good news about Jesus in Vons. And then a lady that had heard that good news, a certain lady, was in a certain jail in an impossible situation. And this lady cried out to Jesus. And she wasn't supposed to get out, but miraculously, they came and said, Lady, you're getting out today. Well, see, that's a true story. It's something that really happened. And so you read this story right here where the Bible says there's a certain lady. This lady was real. Matter of fact, I've taught her so many times I feel like I know her. And I'm really kind of, when I get to heaven, I do want to know her. I want to meet her. Now I want her to tell me the story firsthand what Jesus did for her. But we all have stories we can tell. But anyway, this certain woman had the issue of blood 12 years. And you know, for women, this is more serious than for men... Women that have ever had female problems would know what it's like. We had a lady in our church back in Indiana that had something like that for years and years and years and years. And praise the Lord, healings for her. It's for you. As this woman had this serious problem in 12 years, says she suffered many things of many physicians, spent all that she had, says she was nothing better, but rather she got worse. Has anybody here ever known anybody that went from doctor to doctor for years, spent all the money, ran out of insurance, ran out of money, and they wasn't any better, but they wasn't even the same; they got worse. So that's a real problem. That's a real crisis in her life. But I want you to fast forward to verse thirty-four. And he said unto her daughter, "Thy faith, thy faith." Said your faith, lady. This certain woman says she had faith. Your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague or be healed of thy disease. And so what we're going to look at tonight is this. God is no respecter of persons, but God is a respecter of faith. I want to say it again. He is a respecter of faith. What you've got to see in this story right here, Jesus did not say, I'm the son of God. And my faith made you whole. Jesus said, your faith in me made you whole. Your faith did. And so I want to point this out to you. Because God is no respecter of persons, but he is the respecter of faith. And God changes not. If the principles of faith that this woman walked in, worked for her 2,000 years ago, as faith things never change, then those same principles, if we do what she did, will get what she got in our life in any crisis that comes our way. Because her faith received from God, your faith will receive from God if you learn what she learned and do what she did. I praise God for Bible teachers that could teach us the Bible. I praise God for the Bible teachers that taught me and that God anointed me and gifted me so I could teach you. You know, I like what... I like what Dave McNeil said to me a couple days ago, because I don't take things to give me a big head, but I give glory to Jesus. He said, Pastor, you teach us so simple that somebody is absolutely has to close it off, or whatever it was you said, be dense or something, not to receive what the Bible says in this church. And then talking to uh, Mr. Montenegro, that's Mrs. Montenegro over here. I was talking to Mr. Montenegro yesterday morning before he got married. We were talking back here in the hallway and he was about to marry his future bride, his bride, his future wife. Right here, she's married I'm Mr. Montenegro. Welcome to the service. <laughs> but he was talking to me about the life he came from. He was really a bad guy before, in prison, shootings, gangster, bad stuff. His family's that way. And he kind of was tearing up in the hallway talking to me as we were getting ready to come out for his wedding. He said, Pastor, I want to tell you, said God is so real to you, you've made him real to me. He said, Everybody that comes to our church, he didn't say everybody that goes to your church, he said everybody comes to our church. He said, Everybody that comes to our church that gets around the people in our church, God will become real to them because our church Knows him so well, he's real to the people, come to the church. And so that's what I'm saying about for what we're looking at, that I'm telling you upon the authority of the Word of God that the same faith this lady had, you could have too. The same faith I have, you could have too. And not only that, but you could use it wherever you go. It'll help whoever you want to help if you'll do what the Bible says to do. Well, as a matter of fact, I was talking to Paul out at the airport a couple of weeks ago. He said the same thing. He talked about when they were looking for churches, and I'm not at all building me up. I'm building up the Word of God and Jesus. He said, Pastor, what I like about this church, my wife and I like, he said, it's our church now. I said, we're not coming to your church. This is our church. He said this. He said, what I like, he said, you teach the Bible. He said, because you teach the Bible, we can understand it and receive it and know it's right. You don't teach ideas. You teach the Bible. And so just keep that in mind tonight. As we're looking at what we're looking at, my daughter-in-law said the same thing. I love you, Julie. You're good for my son. You're good for the family. (laughs) But but this will work for anybody. So this woman, in a possible situation, and there's some things she did here, but I want to look tonight at the most important thing for this whole process, because this is the key, the number one key to faith. Number one key to healing, the number one key to victory. What we're looking at this principle tonight, we'll work in every area of life. We're going to focus on healing. But if you're having financial problems, this will help you receive a financial miracle. If you need deliverance from bad habits or addictions, this will get you delivered. This will get you healed. If you need a job, these same principles work for a job. But we're looking at the healing aspect tonight. And so I want you to notice this, and on your paper, if you're taking notes, write down point number one, put a one, and then write verse 27. Verse 27. We already see in verse 25, verse 26 what the problem was. But then verse 27 says, When she had heard of Jesus. When she had heard of Jesus. I want you to look at Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Romans 10, verse 17. if you're on the front row, that's right after the book of Acts. (laughs) 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 Oh, praise the Lord. Honey, I was just joking. Don't get upset when I get home. (laughs) Oh, I'm in my fun mood tonight. (laughs) But you know why I am? I've lived out my dream. This is what I love to do. I love to represent Jesus and help people win in life. Romans ten, seventeen, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The lady's faith in God's word through Jesus is what made her whole. Says her faith made her whole, said the first step in her faith walk. Well, she heard of Jesus. And, you know, there's dozens of scriptures I can show you that tell you, like John chapter 1, says that Jesus is the Word of God. Book of Revelations, I think it's chapter 19, not for sure, I don't look there all the time, but it says his name is called the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. So when she heard of Jesus, she was hearing about the living Word. She was hearing about God in the flesh on the earth through Jesus. Her faith cometh by hearing the word of God. Her faith came by hearing about Jesus. And so she ran from doctor to doctor, from place to place, for 12 years. Her faith was in doctors, in medical science. But then she got broke. As she changed her perspective, she got her eyes in a different area. She began to look. She chased her source of information to look to the Word of God. And so for you and me, we must absolutely get it in our heart and in our mind. We must know what God says in His Word belongs to us concerning our need. Our number one thing, if we want faith to receive from God, we've got to get it settled in our heart and in our mind. Get our eyes off of people. Get our eyes off of methods. Get our eyes off of uh, prosperity. Get well, get quick books. Get rich quick books and all that kind of schemes and things. Get our eyes off the government. Get our eyes off of everything that we can see and begin to get our Bibles open. Sit under a man or woman that teaches the Word of God, has the fruit of their lives, and begin to hear what does the Word of God have to say about my need. And I want to say it one more time. You know, I really want to overemphasize this. It says, faith cometh by hearing. And because of so much wrong religious teaching, people got it mixed up. When I first got saved, I didn't go to a church like this. I went to a church that knew the Holy Ghost, but they didn't know the Word of God. They were loaded with anointing. People fell out everywhere. A lot of people got healed but if they came back in a week or two, they had to get healed again because they didn't know what the Word of God had to say about healing and how to keep it. And so in the church, when I first went there, I was totally green. I wasn't raised in the Baptist church or the Methodist church. I was raised in the bar. So I had no Bible knowledge, really. I didn't know anything. I did go to church when I was a young guy, stuff like that, my grandma. But the one thing to help me stay saved, What not anybody had it. And so, anyway, I came in really ignorant of the Bible. I did know John 3:16, I think. I'm pretty sure I did. I knew John 3:16, but when I came into the Kingdom of God and I got born again, felt the Holy Ghost, to start going to this Pentecostal church, I believed that everything they said was gospel because all they said all the time, which I don't want to make sure I don't slip into this, all they said all the time was saying, "Well, you know what the Bible says. Well, you know what the Bible says." Well, you know, the Bible says, well, I'm around preachers that say that all the time. I almost get mad because I know people and I think, well, yeah, I know it says that because I'm a Bible scholar for all these years. But you got baby sheep out here. You got baby Christians out here. They've never heard the story of David and Goliath yet. They've never really heard about Noah's Ark yet. They've never heard about creation yet. They've never heard about by Jesus stripes you were healed. They've never seen in the Bible why you bring the tithe into the storehouse. And so quit telling them what the Bible says. Stop and show them what the Bible says. And let me tell you why that's so important. These people, priests, had told me, well, if you want great faith, you've got to go through great trials. They said the greater the trial, the greater the faith. And so as a new Christian, a baby Christian, God was real to me. You know what I did? I went out. And I prayed. I said, God, I want great faith. Give me great trials. <laughs> Pam, they told me that. That's what they told me. They didn't teach the Bible. And so that's where I started going to church at. If the people you respect as spiritual leadership tells you that if you want great faith, you've got to have great trials. Man, you talk about World War III from hell being I loose in my life. Everything you could imagine happened in my life. And then one day, as I was driving my truck, my straight truck for my company down the road, I drove drove a 30-foot straight truck downtown Indianapolis, I turned on my radio. I didn't even know there was such a thing as Christian radio. I turned on my radio, and I heard this man say, Welcome to Faith Seminar of the Air. My name's Reverend Kenneth Hagin. I'm going to teach you faith today. And I was so ignorant about so many things. I thought, I thought it was Festus off a of gun smoke. Because his voice sounded like Festus off a of gun smoke on the radio. And I looked up to heaven. I said, Jesus, did Festus get saved? I mean, to me, when you come from the darkness I was in, coming to this new family, this was a whole area I didn't know there was a Christian family. I didn't know there was such a thing. And so, man, I thought I was in a new organization that, Nobody knew about what everybody knew about. So the first thing I go, wow, Festus is in the family now. Because Brother Hagin sounded like him to me. He began to teach from the Word of God about how to get faith, cometh by hearing, hear by the Word of God. He'd make statements like this. Now I want you to notice, he'd say, it doesn't say faith cometh by praying. He'd say praying's right, but you don't get faith by praying. Faith doesn't come by testimonies. You want to give testimonies, that's biblical, but faith doesn't come by testimonies. You want to sing, you want to praise, you want to worship God, The faith doesn't come by worship. You want to worship, it's right. Faith cometh only one way, by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. I want to get that into you. I want to get that into you. I want you to get strong. I want to get that into you. Mrs. Pastor talked about learning Bible verses. I want you to get this. And so as I began to listen to him for a few weeks, all of a sudden when I was coming into this religious church and they were saying the non biblical things they were saying, I began to realize not because I listened to the man on the radio, but I listened to the man on the radio, I carried a little pocket New Testament in my pocket. When I get to my truck stop, the next place I go to my place I was delivered to, a lot of times I'd have to sit for a few minutes before I could back my truck because the other trucks were there. Or I'd go into a, a warehouse, and I'd have skids or something in my truck, and I'd have to wait for somebody to come, for a tow motor to come in my truck. I'd sit there, and there wasn't stealing from my company's time or anything, I'm just sitting there. Other people sit there reading newspapers. They sit there reading their magazines, or what are they doing? I'd pop my little New Testament. i think, now, what verse did that man just say on the radio? Romans 10:17. Wow, the Bible does say that. Faith cometh by hearing, hear by the word of God. And so as I was driving down the road listening to that man, I would think about the verses he said. And as soon as I got to a place where I could open my Bible, I'd look at it and thought, wow, he's right. He's right. He's right. And then I went back to that religious church. I want to say it again. They loved God. But they didn't know to teach the Bible. they talk about the Bible, but they didn't teach the Bible. And they had the door of the Holy Ghost in there. Because if you're talking about Jesus... And you're worshiping Jesus, you're going to have the presence of Jesus. But people were ignorant because the Bible wasn't taught. So after a few weeks of hearing this man teach, I started praying. And I said, Lord, is there a church in Indianapolis that teaches like this? Is there a pastor that teaches like this man teaches? Lord, I want a man that teaches the Bible. And the Lord led me to my pastor, and he was my pastor until he moved to heaven. I got under the man of God that taught me the Word of God. My pastor taught like Brother Hagin, and then that was passed on to me, and I teach like that. Because I have found out that if you teach anybody, anywhere, the Word of God, they'll listen, then they'll change, and then they'll do what Jesus said in Job fourteen twelve: The works that I do shall you do also greater, because I go good of my Father. Amen? So I prayed and God gave me a church like that. As a matter of fact, my first Sunday in that church was Labor Day, 1980. And they said, we're having a prayer meeting tomorrow at 9 o'clock. And I went to their prayer meeting tomorrow at 9 o'clock on Monday after Labor Day in 1980. And I guess who one of the first people was that I met? I love you. Love you too. <laughs> Amen. I didn't meet her at the bar. I didn't meet her at the party. I met my wife at the prayer meeting. Know where we better our honeymoon at? And a word of faith Camp not at Dr. Lester Summerall's church. <laughs> you know what we did all day, every day for the first week of our marriage? All day long, we were in church hearing this taught, All day long. Why do you think we have such a solid foundation in our marriage? Yeah. Marriage camp's going to be good, guys. Can't wait to get there. Okay, let's get to what we're doing right here. This is really good, but what am I doing? I've been a role model for you showing you how this works. I was serious about the Word of God. So Brother Hagen taught that. And so I want to look at some verses tonight to build faith into your spirit that built faith into my spirit and changed my thinking early in my Christian life. I want you to look at Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. And I want to make a statement about that Saying that God gave me, he must have gave it to me, because Katie said he did. She made me a little book of my nuggets come out when I'm other Katie, not you, Katie. You're a good Katie too. But anyway, Katie, my my, my Katie, you're my Katie too. (laughs) I don't respect her person, but the Katie's last name samples. Katie likes to make me cool little things, and so Mrs. Pastor for 25, 30 years, however long has been writing down all the time when I'm preaching, I'll say something that she calls a nugget. She'll write it down in front of her Bible and always says she's going to make a book someday with my nuggets. Well, Katie got a hold of those a few years ago and made me a little book. It's on my dresser. It's called Pastor Sample's Nuggets. And I opened up one two or three weeks ago and says this, your life will not end by chance or accident, but by choice. How you turn out it's not going to be because that's just the way the cards fail. They're going to turn out by what you do about what you hear if you're like. You're going to make choices. We all make choices. And so I think about this. The choice I made when I got born again, I was 28 and a half years old. And I almost died several times in life because of stupid stuff. And I was so grateful when I found out that Jesus Christ was alive that I totally, totally, totally turned my life around. And I made the choice... I was going to learn all I could about Jesus. I was going to stay serving Jesus. I wasn't going to be a hypocrite and a phony and live on Sunday for Jesus. there still be a boozer and a stupid person all week long. I wasn't learn. And when I found out what I'm teaching you tonight, I dug into these things. I put them in my heart. I put them in my thinking because this is how to fish. I listened I listen to people that had the fruit of serious Christians. I started following what they did. So we'll look at Matthew chapter 4 verse 23. And I want you to see this. It says that Jesus went about all Galilee. Teaching in their synagogues. And preaching. There's a difference between teaching and preaching. I'll talk about that in a minute. Teaching and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Not politics. Not the latest medical science. Not the latest get rich. The gospel of Of the kingdom, and then after he's teaching, preaching, and healing. Teaching, preaching, healing. That's the spiritual progression to get people healed. Teaching, preaching, healing. All manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. Jesus uses preachers like me today to carry on his work. I teach, I preach. I get people healed. Jesus is my example. Teaching, preaching, healing. And so, faith for healing only comes one way. By teaching on healing. By preaching healing. I want to tell you a couple things about this this verse right here. Preaching plants the Word in the soil of your heart. How many know the parable of the sower sought the Word? He says that your heart is God's garden, and the seed that God uses is the Word of God. And so the seed must be planted, and I've taught that so many different ways, but the bottom line is you understand it very seriously, the desert. No matter how good the seed is and how good the farmer is, if you don't water, you get no plant. If you don't water, plant doesn't grow. If you don't water, fruit doesn't mature. Well, if that's an example Jesus gave us, we've got to understand how it works with us. The first time that you hear a Bible subject taught, the Word of God is being planted in the soil of your heart the first time you hear it. All of a sudden it's brand new. And that parable Jesus taught about the people receive the Word with joy and then take off. And then when hard times come, they lose what they've got. But teaching then waters the word. Preaching plants, teaching waters. And so once you've heard it preached, you've got it planted. You've got to come back and hear it taught again and again and again. It's got to be watered. Write down Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55, started about verse 8. It goes on for a while. But God said, my ways... Are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So I do things different. And then he says. The word of God is just like the rain from heaven. He said it comes down and it waters. It goes back up. Well that's where he's talking about the word waters. And then Ephesians chapter 5. talking about husbands and wives. He said husbands love your wives. And wash them with the water of the word. Just like Christ washes you. With the water of the word. So we have to understand. That's why Jesus was preaching. That's why Jesus was teaching. Those crowds were coming back to hear it and get it. So we have to know, just because we heard it once, we're not going to get a harvest. Faith cometh by hearing, but we need to hear it preached. We need to hear it taught. Preaching plants, teaching waters. So if you really want to get a handle on healing, sit under healing teaching. Get the healing books. Now, let me tell you something else, the difference between a preacher and a teacher. I'm a teacher, but I do preach sometimes, but mostly I teach. But a preacher, to preach means to proclaim. Preachers proclaim the gospel. And definitely preachers are God ordained, because God's the one that had Jesus preach, and God's the one that calls preachers. To preach means to proclaim, to teach means to explain. You need to be proclaimed to to get excited to hear the truth. Then you need to be explained to to understand how to use the truth you heard. So most of the time, I walk in the teacher's office, the teacher's gift. I teach. I do a whole lot of explaining. And I don't just explain with what I think. I always use Bible verses to explain the verses I just showed you. Because if we're looking at the Word of God, number one for me I want to stay on safe ground. And I know that if I'm telling you what the Word of God says, I'm going to be safe in His eyes. And if I know that I teach in life the principles of God's Word, that God is love, then I know I'm walking with God to help people win in life. And the love of God sometimes does do some of what we did today, shows people where they're wrong, so we show them how to fix it and get right. And so, anyway, says he was preaching, he was teaching. It doesn't say, and religious people think it says this, it doesn't say, Jesus just went out and healed the sick. The Bible doesn't say Jesus went out and healed the sick. It says he preached, he taught, that he healed. Jesus always created an atmosphere of faith. Always created an atmosphere of faith. Jesus always planted an expectancy of faith in the hearts of the listeners. He always built them up from the Word of God that they would expect that God would do for him what His Word said He would do. I got this into my heart as a young Christian, that this is so important to sit under the Word of God, to sit under the Word of God. That's why I would spend my honeymoon at a camp meeting. That's why... That's why, as a truck driver with little vacation time, I would spend my vacations at faith seminars. That's why when I got days off and everybody was hanging around the Barbecue Pits partying, that's why I would find out where there was a church service and I would sit and hear the Word of God taught. Somebody said, man, uh, can't you overdose on that? No, you overdose on sin. You overdose on drugs. You don't overdose on the Word. Somebody said... Why don't you know you get so heavily minded you won't be the earthly good? No, so most people, Christians, are so carnal minded than no earthly good. you got to get things changed. And so after I got established with the foundation of faith, then I could start enjoying life a little bit more. But I knew it was so real to me I had to get changed. And so I learned the principle was these things. And so I, w- I want to work on this point for just a minute. I want you to look at Matthew chapter 9. Verse 35. Because I think it's wrong to build a Bible doctrine on one verse. I think we ought to see a pattern. And so I think we see a pattern in the Lord Jesus' life that we could say is something we could apply to our lives. Wouldn't you think so? <clears throat> Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing. Teaching, preaching, and healing. Every sickness and every disease among the people. That doesn't mean that every person God healed because every person wasn't tuned in to get it. It means he healed every kind of sickness and disease that showed up. People that showed up, that listened, they could receive it. Same thing today. If you're sitting here tonight, and I know nobody is, but if you're sitting here tonight playing games on your iPhone because you just want to do your time in church, or if you're sitting here tonight just just daydreaming about your job tomorrow, letting the devil put worry in your mind about how you're going to pay your bills and things, then you're not really receiving it tonight. You're here, and I'm not. I'm not at all criticizing you, but I'm saying just because you're here with your body doesn't mean your heart and your mind are hooked up. Same thing in Jesus' days; people had problems back then. So just because they come to that crowd. And they heard doesn't mean they received if they were tuned out. And that's why preachers have got to over and over and over and over. That's one definition of teaching is repetition of the truth. Repetition. That's why Jesus, it says he went to all the cities and villages. He just made his rounds. You kept on going out there. To the synagogues come back. He'd preach it. Then he'd make his round and be back to that place again and teach again. Preach and teach. Preach and teach. Preach and teach. Preach and teach. And then healing. He didn't just walk around and just say, I think I'll empty out the hospitals today. You know, people say goofy things like that. Well, man, I know about this. I think I'll empty out the hospitals. You can't empty out the hospitals. You know why you can't empty out the hospitals? Because they don't have faith to receive what you've got in the hospitals. Yes, Jesus, through you, could heal everybody in that hospital. But they've got to receive you. There's people, there's people... That go to church that have been taught so wrong about the word of God that they're going to convince you that Jesus gave them what they've got and they don't want to receive any healing because they want to keep what they got because they think it's their burden to bear. That's sad to say, but it's true. And so no, Jesus didn't go around emptying out the hospitals, and you can't either. But what you can do is what Jesus did. The places where they receive you, you could teach, you could preach, you can get faith into people's hearts and your family members, your friends, your co-workers that will listen to you, you can get faith in their heart by teaching and preaching and showing the things. And let me tell you one thing that I learned off Brother Hagan. And this this is in the Bible rugged with that direction. Today. Jesus had trouble a few places They rejected him, wouldn't receive his anointing or his healing. It says they rejected him. Said, Who's he think he is? Isn't this just the Joseph's son? is this the carpenter's boy? Who's he think he is? We know his mother. We know his brothers his sisters, and sisters. It says Jesus can do nothing for them. Nobody works in their towns. And so I am very hesitant to go to hospitals and pray for people unless they want me to come. When somebody wants me to come to the hospital, I mean, if somebody's laying there in coming and, and dying, I mean, it's easy to go pray for them because they, they're not going to reject you if they're in there. But when people don't want you to come, you can't help them. And so if somebody from my church is at a hospital, I know when they've already been here in faith, it's easy to go pray for them. And if somebody is open to the gospel and you say, could you come and pray for so-and-so, I'm going to say, well, ask them if they want me to come. Tell them I'm a preacher, and I'll probably read some Bible verses to them. Reason being, I want to get some faith into them before I pray. Because you can do more damage than good if somebody knows nothing and they're totally ignorant and you tell them. Or they've been religiously brainwashed instead of Bible taught. If they've been religiously brainwashed by some other preacher, like an example. I gotta keep the story short so I can stay on where I'm going. An example. I had a man when I was single that lived, this woman had a boarding house. I lived upstairs, he lived downstairs in the basement, and the widow lady lived in the middle. And the man, it was a whole supernatural story, but let's get to the part that I'm getting to. The guy got cancer, he was a World War II vet, throat cancer, he was dying. So me and a friend of mine, Gary Regish, we always ministered together. We went to Veterans Hospital, we got him saved, and was going out every week and teaching healing to him. He was starting to make progress. And then we come out for our visit one week, and we can tell he has rejected the Spirit. We can tell man, he's rejected what we're saying. And then he told me, well, my mom's got a real good friend. He's a lay minister at a church, and I'm not going to say what the denomination was. said, so he's been coming up and spent a lot of time with me, because there spends a lot of time with me teaching me. Well, when this guy started teaching him, he started rejecting the Bible we were teaching. And so, just so happened one day me and Gary went up there, and the guy's lay minister friend is there. And before we say anything, the guy starts preaching to us. He pulls off his shoe. Half his foot's cut off. And the guy said, God cut my foot off to teach me a lesson. Said he stuck it under a riding lawnmower under the limelight, hacked his foot off, and here he got Frank here dying of throat cancer. And then Frank's healing, hearing from this guy, that God gave him the cancer to teach Frank a lesson. Well, Frank lasted about another month or less, and then Frank went to heaven. But the reason being, this man told Frank God made people sick to teach them something. But when you read the New Testament, you're going to find out Ephesians chapter 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, among other places, has said and God sent teachers in the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, to grow the saints in the Word of God so they can mature and be strong. The Bible says that Jesus preached and he taught. It doesn't say he threw sickness at people and hurt them and make them. You understand what I'm saying? And so we as Christians have to know, if your government's coming into an atmosphere... And somebody's been hearing that God gave that to them. And you haven't turned their thinking around by teaching them some word of God. When you walk and say, oh, God's going to heal you. What my pastor teaches you he heals. And you walk in there, and because they're rejecting what you've got and nothing happens, you've just added to their arsenal why they believe that God doesn't heal. And so in our prayer line up here, like I said, most people that come in here are people that sit here all the time. So I know you've got a faith foundation. But there's times sometimes on Sunday morning or other services, somebody is brought in by somebody else that's been taught totally contrary to the Word of God. And they'll come up to the line up here for prayer. And I'll have to listen to my heart what the Holy Ghost tells me how to pray. And sometimes, sometimes I don't just come out and pray for healing. I'll share a few verses with them up here. And I'll be listening in my spirit how they receive what I got. And then I will pray accordingly. Because they've, if they've already been taught that this isn't for them for today, if they're submitted to a pastor, and when you're submitted to your pastor, your pastor is the highest person on earth you look up to in the spiritual arena. So if they've got a pastor that boldly pulls off his shoes on Sunday morning and tells them, this is what God did for me, and he'll do it to you too if you don't straighten up your reprobates. Well, if that's what they're hearing... And then they're coming up here I can't do that I do that damage of one little prayer up here all I'm going to do is add to their doubt and unbelief when I pray because they're going to come up here and on this side they're going to be thinking I ain't going to get nothing because I'm not worthy I ain't going to get nothing because God did this to me I ain't going to get nothing and I pray the best prayer I've got man I throw everything I got on them like that and they leave and on this side they go I knew I wouldn't get nothing that just proves it so then the next time you go talking to them about, hey, hey, what'd you get? And they're going to say, ah, oh, your church is a phony just like the rest of them. I didn't get nothing. God was here and we were here. They didn't have an attitude of faith in their heart because they had to heard what you heard. Jesus went about teaching and preaching and healing. He didn't go around with a magic wand and say, okay, everybody be healed, this group over here. He didn't do that. He was teaching. Did anybody get anything out of this? Amen, amen, amen. amen. And so, as you go through the Gospels and study the ministry of Jesus, you will find His pattern of ministry and healing to the sick was always the same. We preachers today certainly are a little better than Jesus. We're men anointed of Jesus, called of Jesus. But if Jesus had to do it this way to get results then we definitely have to do it this way to get results if we want to get the job done Jesus did. I want you to look at Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. Now we're going to look at verse 15. It says this. But so much the more... With their fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. To hear what happens when you heareth the word of God. Faith cometh. Well, these multitudes kind of start to get in the picture. When Jesus shows up and tells us about God and the Word of God they had the old testament, when Jesus gets up and tells us that God's a healer. When Jesus tells us he's anointed from God to heal, faith shows up. So multitudes showed up, and they showed up, it says, to hear and to be healed. So Jesus must have told them, listen, guys, I want to help you, but I've got to have your attention first. I want you to listen to what I've got to tell you from God's holy word. Why else would it say they come to hear and be healed? They must have they must have got it figured out. Hey, Jesus ain't going to do nothing till we listen to him. And so we want to hear what the preacher's got to say because we want to be healed. So it says they come to hear and to be healed. So I want you to notice two things now. You've got to get this. You've got to get this. In Jesus' ministry, it took two sides, the God part and the man part. God's part was when the man of God preaches the word of God. I'm going to show you just a couple of verses. The anointing shows up. The man's part is the man's got to show up. And expect to receive. The man, the woman, whoever it is, has got to expect. I came to hear, not just come in and sit down and say, Well, I know what this church is going to do. In a minute, they're going to start talking about money. I need healed, but I not want to hear the money part. Well, I know what they're going to do. In a minute, they're going to get up, and they're going to raise their hands, and they're going to sing. I don't like to sing. I could come to get healed. No, you've got to come in with a heart for God that wants something from God. And we know that everybody is not on the same level. That's what I said a while ago. We thought we have some first graders in here. We have some high school graduates in here, spiritually. We've got a lot of people from a lot of areas in here tonight. But the whole thing is, no matter what our level of faith is, there's one ingredient we've got to have. We've got to have an open heart for God's Word. We've got to have a tender heart. And so these people come to hear and to be healed. So you got the God part. you got the man part. I want you to look at verse 17. And it's so important. Verse 17. And it came to pass on a certain day as he was what? He was teaching. That means he was explaining the word of God. That means he was watering the word of God that had been planted. As he was teaching... There were Pharisees, doctors of law sitting by, which would come out of every town of Galilee and Judea. And as he was teaching, the power of the Lord was present to heal. The power of the Lord was present to heal. When a preacher teaches on faith, God's healing power, the anointing always shows up. I want you to see this, the Bible principle. That's why, that's why when Jesus was teaching and preaching... And people come to hear him teach and preach, they were healed. Because the power of God showed up, faith showed up in their hearts, and then they could reach out to the power of God and receive it into their lives. You see the principle I'm saying? I learned this as a new Christian. I learned that if I wanted to receive from God, I was going to have to be a disciple. Disciple means a student. If you're a student of God's, you're a student of God's Word. Jesus is the living Word. So if you're a disciple of Jesus, you're a student of Jesus at his word. And so I learned, I have to learn the word of God on healing. I have to learn the word of God when I wanted to get married about how to be a husband. Children coming along, I had to learn the word of God on how to be a parent. And so what did I do? Did my church have parenting classes? I went to parenting classes. What did I do when they had marriage seminars? I went to marriage seminars. Where well, they had healing things, I went to healing things. They taught about money things, I went to money things. Why is that? Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And so I wanted to learn from God's word how to be the best Christian I could be so I could win in life. And so what do I do if somebody comes into my office wants marriage counseling? I don't have a lot of modern books on it. I've still got the Bible. When I have a husband or wife comes into my office that are having marriage problems, I listen. And then, after I identify where they are, then I have them open their Bible and their notebooks. We look at some verses, what the Bible says. Because they've already heard what the devil says about their marriage. They've already heard what the hurts are. And so we open up the Bible and I show, I show them personal responsibility. Husband, here's your job. Wife, here's your job. And you know, it's the same thing with parenting. If they're having parenting teenager problems, I'm not going to blame everything on the teenager. I've let the parents look at the things in their life to see how to be. Now, what are we talking about? We're talking about the Word of God, whatever it is you need. When you're taught, preached to about it, the anointing of God is going to show up for that area of your life. Is this helping anybody? This is real stuff, and it's good stuff. And, uh, you know, I, Henry, Elijah, you young guys that you know, starting off, man, you guys want to preach and do things like that, man, get this. I got it, Lawrence. I know you got it, but get it stronger, 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 stronger. Man, don't ever do anything trying to help somebody without showing them Bible verses. And, man, you learn them first yourself so you can show them so they're real to you. But the thing is, the thing is, even before they're real to you, you can still preach them because of the Bible, but the more that you in your own life begin to get them working in your own life, the more real they'll be to you, then they'll come out of you real easy when you're helping people, and when something begins to come out that's not in line with the Word of God, you say, wait a minute, let's look at the Bible, and you'll get that out, and then when you do, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, amen, just helping anybody, amen. amen, amen, and so I want to look at, a couple more places, and I know the time's flying right along because we're having so much fun. But once you look at chapter six, verse seventeen, I think you really need to see the ministry of Jesus. Because he hasn't changed his methods; it's still the same. Except today, he uses preachers, and he uses believers. Chapter seven, six, verse seventeen, it says that he came down with them and stood in the plain. And the company of the disciples and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem and from the sequels to Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him and to be healed. Same thing. The man part, the God part. Jesus showed up. They wanted healing. So they came to hear what he had to say. Jesus' method was always created an atmosphere of faith and expectancy. They came to hear and to be healed of their diseases. Then they were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went virtue out of him and healed them all. And so we have to see the pattern. Turn to Mark chapter 16, verse 17 and 18. And I want to give you these verses for you for today. Isn't that wonderful in this one-room schoolhouse that kindergartners and high schoolers could see the same thing? That if you want faith to be healed you've got to hear about healing from the Bible. If you want to get your family healed the best thing you could do is buy little books like that God's Medicine. Take those verses with your Bible to your family or if you've got sick friends that trust you, you want to listen to you Take those little books with your Bible, look at the Bible, let them see these verses we're looking at, and then you'll be able to get faith into them. Especially this verse right here. Mark chapter 16, verse 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe, your believers, so the signs follow you. In Jesus' name, he says, cast out devils, speak with tongues. We get to the last part of verse 18. Thou shalt lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. They shall lay hands on the sick, and recover. And they shall recover. And so I probably rely on these verses right here in the healing ministry in our church more than any other verse in the whole Bible. I probably rely on these two verses more than any other verse in the whole Bible for myself when I need healing. If I need healing, I'm a believer. I'm there. Nobody else with me. Me and Jesus, my hands have healing anointing on them. And so if I need healing... I lay my hand on men in the name of Jesus. I say, Lord, I want to thank you. There's anointing in my hands. I'm a believer. And I receive healing into my body in the name of Jesus. I want to thank you for that, Lord. What am I doing right now? I'm teaching you how to fish. When you're on your job in the middle of the day, and you can't leave your job because you've got to stay on your job, and something tries to come on your body, you've got a hand. You can stand there and you can say, Father, I want to thank you in the name of Jesus that you've redeemed me from sickness and disease. And I lay hands on myself in Jesus' name. I rebuke this headache. And I want to thank you, Lord. You said, these signs follow them that believe. I want to thank you, Lord. Your anointing is going into my head. You said, I shall recover. So I want to thank you, Lord. I'm getting better and better and better. What am I doing? I'm showing you how to fish. Everywhere you go, you can do this. That's not because I said so. It's because the Bible says so. And so I've created an atmosphere of faith and expectancy in you. Alexis, you can pray for your baby. And you know that already. I just want to remind you. All you young mamas that have babies, you can pray for your children. And Jesus will heal them on the spot where they are. Amen. Well, we can go back to Mark chapter 5. But for the sake of time, I'll close it off. The bottom line was, when you read that passage there the number one key to this lady's healing, she heard of Jesus. And when she heard of Jesus, she was hearing about Jesus the healer. Jesus the man that teaches you faith for healing and got those into her. She came to Jesus. She received her healing. And then Jesus said, Katie Brady, your faith has made you whole. Said, Mr. Reuben, your faith has made you whole. Said, Dave McNeil, your faith put your marriage together. Amen. Because of what you heard. So matter who you are, whatever your name is, Jesus knows your name. And you get a hold of these principles that Jesus is going to say to you, Henry, I gave you that gift to wrap, so you wrap unto the Lord. And we'll bring the anointing in and get people blessed. Amen. Amen. Let's stand up.